Market Talk. This is Greg McBride, joined as always by Michael T. Lung. Mike, we had what looked like a little bit of a equities versus commodities uh, today. Uh, the Dow, S&P, NASDAQ, all rifling higher. A lot of pressure coming into the energies. The grain saw, uh, saw pressure. Um, is this uh, is this economic issues? Is this earning season gave us a bump? What uh, what happened today? Oh man, reason for the season earnings, man. It's just a lot of hope you at this point. I mean, it's amazing how often professionals break their own rules, like don't fight the Fed where everyone is doing nothing but wanting to fight the Fed right now. Saying, so are you saying that this may not be the start of a new bull, bull trend for the, uh, for the equity markets? Hey, it might. And maybe <laughs> fighting the Fed's going to work. But every single time we've fought the Fed up to this point and every single jump you've seen has been taken back away not too long after it started because the Fed is and continues to be strictly on point of we are going to continue to rise, raise interest rates until we have a clear picture that inflation is halting. And mm-hmm. as of right now, there's from their own comments, there is no clear sign that inflation has halted or turned around. So, so maybe a little value buying, um, dead cat bounce. I mean, it'd be a multiple day, you know, dead cat bounce or maybe a multiple week dead cat bounce, but not necessarily. I mean, if you look at the downtrend from the highs, we're nowhere near it. We're still nowhere near that. And, you know, I think at this point, we're still looking at like the S&P has resistance at the most recent highs around 3,800 or something like that. So, I mean, there's, there's definitely not... Just because it looks like we've had a couple of good days in a row here, uh, well, I guess Friday wasn't that that great, but uh, Thursday, Monday, and Tuesday have been fairly good for the uh, for the equities. It doesn't necessarily mean we're taking off. Now, there's a lot of talk about uh, about energies. Um, you know, obviously, we've talked about the fact that there is an election coming up. Uh, there is a conversation about pulling another i think it's 10 million uh 10 million barrels uh from the uh strategic petroleum reserve and then i think president biden is going to speak tomorrow about refilling said spr uh tomorrow they're talking about how they're going to keep energy prices lower i don't know if it's but seems counterintuitive so maybe they will i don't know there's so much mumbling and back and forth going on it's hard to really follow but yeah as of right now we can count that he's going to talk about something so we're i mean which doesn't necessarily make a heck of a lot of sense how you would you would pull 10 million barrels i mean we're we're at the lowest point in roughly 40 years on the on the spr and yet, right out of the other side of your mouth, you're, well, here's how we're going to refill it. I mean, at one point you're you're draining it, you're, and then it's like, well, here's how we refill it, but we want to keep prices down. Well, <laughs> you've got to buy it if you got to refill it. Yeah, it's about as draining as this whole market is on most people. And mm. it's just a it's a mess. You got elections coming up, which means that you're just going to see more political maneuvering. Yeah, and 
well, at least trying to talk sly, trying to figure <laughs> out a way to make it seem like a good thing. But in the grand scheme of things, yeah, it's it's a lot of this, but this, but also this, but kind of that. And at the end of it, you're looking at it and you're saying, what the heck did, was I just told? This is bullshit bearish. Yeah. Well, that's, <laughs> that's how I feel from one day to the next. I mean, with when we've talked about this uh, in the past is that depending on the headline – we're going to trade a certain way each day, and that headline seems to recycle every other day. So one day we talk about supply issues or supply concerns in crude. The next day we talk uh, about recession and demand concerns, and we go the opposite direction. Then the next day we're going to talk about supply again. And it's like we just are on this never-ending cycle of what's bullish what's bearish and why is it bearish today versus bullish yesterday and and tomorrow so um something i've noticed that i wanted to talk to you a little bit about look at the and you know the you know the charts probably because you stare at them in your sleep but this corn market having gone sideways the way it has was since what the end of august i think it's been Um, we had a nice little breakout, got back up near $7, and it just has kind of plotted along. What are we seeing in that? Because I've, I have can't help but notice that it looks like there's a lot of, on a candlestick chart, it looks like there's a lot of dojis are very near doji days on this. Is this just apathy to the market? Like people just, we just don't care right now about corn because... There's not much that's really super bullish in that market to hold it up here. Well, you got two things going on. You got corn sitting running on fair economic value, and then you have two conversations that are at tug of war right now. And one of them is going to be the yield situation. Is that getting better? Is that getting worse? You go out east and you've got a great corn basis because conditions are awful and they are running at a poor supply in the east. And then as you get to the west, or sorry, other way, west. You've got a good basis. East, the further you go east, the worse the basis gets because you have more supply and things along those lines. And a lot of that has to do with logistics and trying to get corn from one side of the country to the other side of the country. Some of it has to do with what's going on with supply. Are we seeing a further yield hit or not? And then on top of it, you also have what is on the other side of the tug-of-war rope, which is exports and just being absolutely dismal, Mm -hmm. given we have a lot of year left. So I feel like that's more of the reason why we're able to hang out higher because we're going to answer these questions sooner about what's going on with the yield as opposed to what's going on with exports which is going to take a full year or brazil's production right yeah so right now the more bullish questions will be answered sooner so seeing these spinning tops at where we're currently sitting at and deciding is this becoming more bullish or more bearish short term is really the place that we're sitting at and that's why you got a lot of these doji spinning top indecision days because the market is completely undecided right now Mm -hmm. so is that i mean is it something that you would you know i i've told my my customers you know at these levels it's appropriate to take some action protect some prices we know we're at a good spot we're setting uh, the fall insurance uh, uh, price discovery right now um and we're you know roughly a dollar above the spring price insurance so or the spring insurance so for corn and not beans. for corn 
Yeah. And so, you know, that's, I guess that would be one way to be looking at it. You look at the, at the soybean side of things, though. Soybeans are 50-ish cents under the uh, the spring insur- insurance price, mm-hmm. and we're setting that insurance price uh, right now. Obviously, the same thing, same time as as corn. You're in a different boat. We we've had what I guess from a thirty thousand point you know foot view. Last Wednesday's report looked bullish for for beans because we were looking for an increase of 40 to 50 million bushels and we got no change in ending stocks and what does that do for us because now we can't now it doesn't seem like we can hold that $14 mark but we didn't get we didn't necessarily get the bad news we were looking for why are we why are we caught on the other end with the with the beans right now then that is another great question right now. Beans, and they've felt this way for a while, but really that exhaustion point. you got the November options going off the board here on Friday. Right. You've got preposition ahead of that, offsetting of risk, and really at this point it's something that we can easily see a very big switch in what's going on with the bean situation on the world picture just mm-hmm. based on South America. And you've seen this continued rhetoric around China about how they're looking at self-sustainability, moving away from anything to do with the U.S., and they've making a ton of grain deals with South America. So that could definitely have a weight on this market and seeing, okay, it might be bullish right now, but it seems to be getting more bearish. And just having that reluctance to enter the market on that side of things seems to be the case because yeah i mean when you see one month we see a 200 million bushel carry out and you're sitting at 1490 in the next month when you're expecting to see a increase to carry out and you see absolutely no change and you're unable to even close about 14 bucks definitely shows a big psychological shift for the market now another market that uh, you know we have a lot of producers that will be interested in is uh the wheat market wheat unlike corn and beans has seen a shift in trend we broke uh, broke the uptrend we were working in a very nice orderly up channel um and broke out of it is the story over in wheat now are we just over the uh the russia uh ukraine story i don't think you can call it out quite yet and the reason for it because you are seeing this counter trend move right now but you also have a pretty good symmetrical counter trend look to it so it could be a half staff type of movement whether that be a bull flag something along those lines especially with the tail put on the market today it's something that i wouldn't count it out quite yet because yeah. there still is a big story there and for this russia ukraine situation it is 100 a wheat story right now because you're going to be planting that winter wheat crop and you're not going to see anything on the corn side of things or the oil uh, oil seed side of things until next spring so i would not count that out quite yet especially with the grain deal either expiring or getting renewed right around the corner okay let's uh, let's tackle livestock real quick you got uh Fat cattle, feeder cattle have fell off. Then they went they went sideways for a little bit here. Um, hogs, on the other hand, just to the moon right now. What are you seeing in, in either of those uh, those sectors? 
Well, hogs right now just seem like they're correcting from that big drop that we just saw. You've got it moving back up. You've got, after seeing a big spread between the two front month contracts, seeing that work its way back up and starting to even though those contracts and cattle right now, it, they're, yeah, just moving sideways. I mean, you've had cash very steady for a long time, so seeing this oscillation is where we're sitting at until you hear something changing either we see higher cash trade or you finally see the bids back off or whatever it may be but right now cattle are content do we have any uh, any uh, concerns uh, when it comes to the uh, to the to the meats about you know the the economy uh the concerns about the recession um does that play into what the futures are doing in these uh, for these cattle and, and hogs uh, they definitely have concern because when it comes down to it, these markets are nothing more than money flow. And if you have managed money, you have commercials, whoever it may be, in the market and you see the markets tank, those typically happen together. Mm-hmm. And when you see these crashes and things along those lines, everything generates a very good correlation in panic situations. Mm-hmm. So you need to keep an eye on that side of things, and you need to be very cautious. But even with what we've seen, maybe you do see cattle fall off. But it is seemingly much like the 2010 to 2014 situation for the cattle market where we're moving sideways. You have people in the industry reporting a very tight packer margin, but in the grand scheme of things, that's not entirely a bearish Situation for what we're looking at because if they have a tight margin, that means that they're paying up because they need it. Mm-hmm. So you might see this thing back off and you might see demand start to shrink, but you're also looking at a tighter inventory going forward. So cattle markets can be an interesting one. Right now, again, another one of those kind of tug of war type of markets okay. until we see more develop. Okay. All right. To finish it off, well, let's, uh, let's talk just uh, uh, broad based uh, strokes here. What as we start to look towards the end of October, you know, things do tend to slow down as we go into into winter. What are the what are some of the major points? Like give me three bullet points on things that you're watching on a daily basis uh right now. Midterms, Fed policy and China policy. China, U.S. China policy or no, China, China, policy, China one China authority type China thing? authority, but also their COVID restrictions. Okay. So right now they have very tight restrictions, and that might be something that politically they loosen up afterwards. Because afterwards what that means is if they loosen those up and you see this demand, quote-unquote, flood back into the market with an already tight situation, that can easily lead to a very energy type of movement where you see energy prices go skyrocketing because now all this demand is back online after constant shutdowns of the Chinese general public and that is something that can put a big loop in the or put a big uh, bullish tone back into the markets and see the hyper or even inflation story come back in the mix and stay in the mix and seeing anything that may have to do with the strategic oil reserves really get Interesting, because mm-hmm. as you said, we're already at very tight levels for yeah. our strategic oil reserves, and if that comes back in the mix with an already low production and everything in those regards, uh, you've got a mess on your hands. So you're you're watching Fed policy, you're watching 
uh, the midterm elections, the China situation, which does have a lot of implications to to energies. Um, I mean, seems like a major, major issue if you were to have China start to really pull back or even just curb their uh, their COVID restrictions, and then you see this this big jolt of of demand. I mean, if you're the guy that's in charge of of the SPR here in the United States, seems like uh, buying at eighty three would be a lot more preferable than than buying at hundred and three. Or yeah. 105, or whatever that it's going to be. Yeah, or 130, like we saw at the beginning of the year. Right. So, yeah, there's definitely a lot of stuff that's been thrown in the mix, and really going to want to keep a very close eye as we get closer and closer to the election time frame. So, if you guys have any questions, please give us a call 800 2 Market. That's 800 262 7538. Or on the web, allendale inc.com. But today, for Allendale Market Talk, this is Mike Lung and Greg McBride signing off. You guys have a good one.